y'all. Welcome to Dr. Taylor Talks with me, Dr. Anne-Marie Taylor. Teaching and leading in public education is not for the faint of heart. It takes grit, energy, grace, and a daily desire to change the world. Join me, your public education cheerleader, as I explore the profession and help you fall back in love with this art called teaching. Guys, it's going to be fun. Come join me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dr. Taylor Talks. Well, it's been a while. We've had holidays. So welcome back. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy 2022. So excited to be done with 20 and 21. So feeling lots of hope for 2022. And as always, when I'm feeling lots of hope, I think about my favorite researcher and author, Brene Brown. Well, She came out with a new book, uh, end of November called Atlas of the Heart. And it is definitely a different book for her, um, different than all of her other pieces, uh, of information she's published, but this one's a real neat one. It's, it's basically like taking a lit review and making it a very cool book. And she talks about all kinds of different things, but I wanted to share with you a couple Atlas of the Heart takeaways. So you're going to be hearing some of the things that I went away with after reading the book over break. So welcome back. Happy 2020. And let's dive in to Atlas of the Heart. So she begins her book labeling, um, helping us label emotions. And she starts by saying that labeling emotions can be life changing and life altering, being able to articulate your feelings and emotions and being able to share those feelings and emotions with others is kind of a game changer. Um, there's several things that stuck out to me. But a couple words that really stuck out in one of her chapters was the word joy and the word bragitude. So joy is where you share the joy of others and being actually very interested in their joy and their successes by asking follow-up questions and doing all the things we know to do when we're talking about really communicating with the heart and communicating, um, for meaning. So joy is sharing the joy of others and braggitude is, um, using words of gratitude toward the other person and their personal successes. So being thankful for the other person's successes and bragging and giving gratitude at the same time. I think those are very cool words. The other word that was new learning for me was this idea of flooding. And flooding is when you're overwhelmed during conflict and it makes it impossible for that to be resolved or for that conversation or that work group to be productive. And I think so often, especially in education, we experience flooding, but we're so quick to close out the conversation. We're so quick quick to be done even if we establish norms and set norms, that we end up moving forward through a conversation that's not ready to be moved through. And so I just encourage, now that you know the word flooding, where you're overwhelmed, both um, emotionally and psychologically, 
in your psyche and also physically even overwhelmed during a conflict where you can't be productive, um, I encourage everyone just to stop the conversation and say, hey, I think we're experiencing some flooding here. Let's regroup after we have a couple days to think and process about this. Take some notes about our processing time and our reflection and regroup. And I've actually done that here recently. Um, it was a very strange meeting with some employees and we were not able to be productive by the end of the meeting. And so at the end or about an hour into it, I said, hey, we're going to regroup. We're not quite ready to solve this. We're not right, quite ready to resolve the situation. So let's regroup. And so that really, I didn't know what that that term was flooding, but I think that was flooding for, for all parties involved in that meeting. And then of course you've heard Brene say this before, but she mentioned it in the book again, I'm here to get it right, not to be right. As a leader, as an educator, let that sink in for a minute. I'm here to get it right, not to be right. How powerful is that? Then she talks about the difference between including and belonging. And I'm actually going to find that spot in the text right now because that was a real powerful piece. Um, this idea of true belonging. Let me find it for us. <clears throat> um, let, me, let me stop and say... She also says gratitude, gratitude is an emotion that reflects our deep appreciation for what we value, what brings meaning to our lives, and what makes us feel connected to ourselves and others. Gratitude is a practice that can enrich our lives in a meaningful way. I love that. I love that so much. Um, okay, so let's take a look at this section on belonging. So sometimes we think belonging is just belonging to a group and it's easy as that. And that's actually not what belonging is. Belonging is not only being a part of a group, but actually having your thoughts and ideas valued as a group member. And so she goes on to say that belonging is a critical component of the DEI movement. And DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. But she goes so far to say belonging is so important to that movement that it should be DEIB, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And so when I think about that and I think about our work in education, I often think about, gosh, what does it truly mean to belong? How is that different than just being included? And I think that's such an important thing to think about as we want our students to feel safe and we want our students to truly feel like they belong. And that's definitely something to think about. I think a lot of times we think when someone's included, think of our students uh, with disabilities, they're included in the general classroom. Well, they don't technically belong to that classroom unless their views and opinions are important and shared in that classroom. If they're just hanging out in there to be included, that's not really belonging. And so I would encourage us all to think through how belonging is different than just including. And then there was a section in her book um, called Cultivating Meaningful Connection. 
And she mentioned something called the narrative tap out. And what does the narrative tap out do to our connections? So, so she thinks about it this way. And there's like a little part in the book. Um, it's like a comic art in the book that kind of highlights the situation. So there's a, uh, a colleague that says, hey, how'd your presentation go? And your colleague that just presented said, well, it went okay. I stayed up all night planning for it. It was my big moment and it just didn't feel right. I'm sure it was great. Hey, when's, what time is our next meeting? Well, instead of really honoring what this person was saying about her presentation, she tapped out and just said, hey, I'm sure it was great. But instead of tapping out, you could have said, say more, help me understand what didn't feel right about your presentation. I know you worked really hard on it. What felt weird? And then the person that did the presentation says, I'm glad you asked me that. It almost felt like I was talking to myself. No one was looking or making eye contact. It's like I could have done that presentation just for myself. And to cultivate the meaningful connection, you would say, wait, are you saying that you gave this presentation that you've been working on for two months and you felt invisible? So she used cognitive coaching and really paraphrased. But you could tap out and say, yeah, sometimes we feel like that when we give talks. Okay, see you at the next meeting. And do you see how different that is? Tapping out is so different than really spending time cultivating meaningful connection. How important is that, that we really think about how we should not be a tap out person? That, of course, there are times where we can't dive in. But in that case, to say something like, hey, I can't dive in right now with this, but can we fix this conversation or, or start this conversation back when I come back from this next meeting? Because when you tap out, it sends a message to the other person. And sometimes the message you're sending is not what you're intending to say. And I think that's important to think about as we think of developing meaningful connections. In the closing in the book, she talks about how there are three big deals when it comes to cultivating meaningful connections. There's something called grounded confidence, something called courage to walk alongside someone, and then something called story stewardship. Grounded confidence is the first one, and that's learning and improving. You're practicing courage. You're rumbling with vulnerability. You're staying curious. You're being humble. You're connected to yourself, but you're connected to the others around you. And the only way you can cultivate meaningful connection is by making sure you have grounded confidence. The next one is the courage to walk alongside people. Be Others focused, service-minded, compassionate, empathetic. Always remember that your whole reason for being on this earth, whether it's at work or at home, is to have courage to walk alongside others so that you can build deep connections. And then lastly, story stewardship, listening and discovering, staying curious about other stories and helping them by honoring their stories and their feedback and not tapping out like we spoke about. So Atlas of the Heart has just a million little takeaways. They're fabulous. But these were the the top 10 or so for me. I hope it really helped you. The other thing I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was recently 
I um, listened to one of her podcasts on her Dare to Lead episode. And I'll tell you in that episode that I recently listened to, it was so amazing to hear from a man named Eric Mosley. Um, and he's done a lot of research and work on making work human again. And I will say that if we are going to get better as a system in South Carolina, we must make education human again. We have to refocus on the relationships, not just with our students and our families, but with one another, with each other as colleagues. If you're interested in making education better, I encourage you to listen to the Dare to Lead podcast, where Brene talks with Eric Mosley on making work human. And as we start this new year, I hope that you enjoyed these takeaways from Atlas of the Heart. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Have an awesome one. Be courageous. Be daring. Make sure you focus on those connections. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody, to Dr. Taylor Talks. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Anne-Marie Taylor. Opinions shared in this podcast may or may not be generalizable to all educational circumstances. The content here does not directly reflect the opinions of the val- or the values of the Charter Institute at Erskine and is not affiliated with TED Talks LLC. Go forth, y'all, and be amazing.